Hello. Hello. Greetings and salutations, as they say. Greetings and salutations back to you. How about now? Can you hear me? I can hear you now, but I still don't have Scott. Glad it wasn't just me. No, my internet's been cutting in and out for a couple of days, so this may be a pain. Sometimes it takes out Skype, and sometimes it only takes out Facebook. Are you gone again? No, I'm here. Okay. You have to hum, so I know. Mm-hmm. There you go. Sorry, I'm still waking up. <laughs> I slept from 5.30 to 7. Did you have a wild night last night? No, I'm starting to... Oh, they pushed my shift up. Mm. So I start at two at 3 a.m. tomorrow morning. Yuck. Yeesh. And... Ginny just fell in the lake, in the pond. She's not a happy yeah. kitty. Yeesh. Aww. She tried to catch Poor a dead Ginny. fish. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ginny. She's a silly girl. I don't think that would have been much use to her. Probably not. What did you do for your birthday, Kat? Um, I went to see Deadpool. Um, nice. So, so I went to see Deadpool. It was hilarious. It was a lot of fun. We went out to dinner, and whatever I ate there just set my um, my stomach off. Ooh. So that's why I, I texted you and be like, I have a story. There was vomit. <laughs> and we don't have Kat or Trisha to be here for the vomit. That's too bad. She Get likes excited. her vomit. It's too bad. Well, that doesn't sound like great fun, but happy birthday anyway. Yeah. yeah I guess. <laughs> what a way to spend your your twenty seventh, you know, birthday. Yeah. Yuck. Well, that's. Sounds... I'm now closer to thirty than I, you know, was twenty five, which is slightly terrifying. Nah. Eesh. Wait till you get to be fifty. Yeah, that's adding. A, uh, that's a, a ways away soon. I know, but I'm there, so you know, everybody else is just a young pup to me. That's you. <laughs> We're talking about me right now. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> She's kind of a big deal. So. That's right. Oh, I I'm forgot. a little bit of a big deal. That she was just, a big know, deal. Just to let you know. I know that we shouldn't act like that because we're all Hufflepuffs, but, you know, still kind of a big deal. All right. I will allow you to be a big deal since it's almost your birthday or was your birthday or however we're going to say it. It's your birthday, birthday week. week. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> birthday week. I had my door nah, open. I'm not a big deal. <laughs> You're a big deal to us. So we should get started because I'm waking up still. You're waking up and breaking up. <laughs> I'm waking up and I'm about to go to bed. So <laughs> you are you are right in the middle of my sleep shifts. All right. Well, we will get going. For Friday, September 23rd, this is episode 243 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Dirty awesome fun. Dirty awesome fun, that's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? I'm a Sherbert Levin. If I start snoring, let me know. Never mind, I'm not going there, I'm not going there. Oh, we're just having adventures. Yep, adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl, not just best trousers. Stupid girl. Uber evil. I snorted so much yesterday, it was unreal. <laughs> <laughs> same, same time, same, same channel. 
It's all snake all the time, Trisha. Of course, it's Heath. I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Holy oh, nice. shit! It's so fucking. Yes, Scott. They're there, there to talk here, about please. the sector. They're going to worry about homework oh, later. Oh, <laughs> I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> <laughs> Sex and snow gags. Awkward. I'm so good at nightmares. <laughs> you always laugh before the end. Out of it weekly, where the story never ends. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the flagship of the Potterfic family of podcasts. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. And I'm Kat. And we are finishing the last ten chapters or nine chapters, however it works, of Oh God, Not Again by Sarah1281. And we are going to finish this out. And this is also the last podcast of season seven. So after this one, uh, we don't quite know what's going to happen. We will probably do a season eight. Well, in fact, we are doing a season eight, and we will hopefully be starting it very soon. We might take a couple of weeks hiatus. We'll see. We will be starting season eight with These Cuts I Have by Melinda Leo. We hope to see you in season eight. It is posted on our website, so you can check it out there. At any rate, this is the end of our season, and we will have at least a summer break before uh, it picks up again, even though it's not summer. <laughs> and this is also my six-month anniversary, or six-year anniversary of being on Puffa. Yes, it is. To wow. the day. It's impressive. I was 21, uh, February 15th when I was 21, six years ago. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, somebody can do the math. 2010, 2011, something like that. Um mm-hmm. I was invited to be on Peon Cast by Sue. Yep. And as I recall, the frogs were really loud that week. Yes, they were. You could really hear them out the door. We've been hearing them a lot, yep. but not quite as loud as they have been. It was a fun it was a fun time, so I decided to stay and keep podcasting and I took a couple of years off in the middle there, but you know, six years is kind of a big deal. <laughs> it is. It very much is. Speaking of cats, six years, Potterfic Weekly will be turning 10 in January and February. January for the forums, February for the podcast. Please stay tuned for further information of the celebrations we will be having in January and February. And if you are interested in helping plan for those, Drop by the forum, let te- let Sue know. I almost said teacher Sue there. Let Sue know, and we will set you up to help plan a couple of balls and some games and all kinds of things for Puffwa turning 10. We really hope to be seeing some old faces around the forum and hearing from old friends. So please mark your calendars, January and February. Potter Thick Weekly is turning 10. Yay!
And speaking right. of big deals, lots of people are in the Penta Wizard playoffs. <laughs> they are. And they're all big deals. <laughs> well, most of them are big yes. deals. Yes, we ended our last set of chapters with all of the champions coming out, and there are five of them in this universe, possibly six, because Fred and George are attempting to go as one contestant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we start off with a article by Rita Skeeter, and we're calling it now the Penty Wizard Playoffs instead of the Tri-Wizard Tournament. And basically, she says, you know, Harry Potter, a 14-year-old wizard, is... Uh, participating but he's participating as uh someone from the salem witches institute so apparently harry is a witch yes um he's he's in another school entirely and it's a witches only school although they don't actually uh, mention that in the article which uh, harry is glad about Mm -hmm. and fred is participating as the champion for the harry potter school of awesomeness which is what harry was trying to get himself in under right Uh, so, headmaster Gilderoy Lockhart. So course. there are three students and a headmaster at this school. <laughs> and then course- I do kind of like the note that even in crack, Harry Potter at 14 is not good enough for the Triwizard Tournament when there's another student available. <laughs> yeah. Fred beats him out. Well, I think, though, that what happened was he got called, he got picked for the Salem, with Salem Institute. And so that took him out of the running for the Harry mm. Potter awesomeness one. And that's you why it came out first, but, though. Yeah, but the cup would have still known who was who. Maybe. That's I possible. don't know. I, I kind of, I like the the one, the just fan theory that, you know, Harry Potter is not so great that he, his skills, you know, at 14 beat, Fred you know, being a 17-year-old. Two, years, two mm-hmm. years older than him is... Yeah. More qualified, so he gets it. Yes, exactly. And I, th- I think, like, um, he said he'd enter Ron and anybody else who came and paid him the five mm-hmm. gallons or whatever, he also entered under the Harry Potter School of Awesomeness. Right. And it's just that Fred is the one that actually won out of that group, and then he was the only one entered under the Salem Witches Academy because they didn't even know it was happening. Um, well, and I think even in canon, had he just been entered under Hogwarts, he wouldn't have got it. I think, yeah, exactly. I think that, you know, that it's only because they was he was inter- adding a school. Yeah, they added a new, new school. Yeah. So. And the, the actual beginning of this chapter, we sort of skipped over, but uh, Molly's howler has finally arrived, and mm. Harry just sort of mutes it for them. Yeah, they <laughs> don't even know what she says. He, he mutes it so well, they don't even hear it. Yeah. Because yep. he knows that uh, the longer it takes Molly to send a howler, the worse it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, uh, we have poor Harry in a love triangle, or actually they call it something else, love square, because it's Harry, uh, Ginny, Hermione, Luna, and, and Hermione. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which of them will ultimately win his heart? Only time will tell. <laughs> yeah. Really? This had to be in the article? To, to, at least they didn't talk about me crying over my parents. Mm-hmm. I guess that's better. <laughs> yeah. And we have a positive quote from Draco Malfoy in this chapter instead of one disparaging him as an attention seeker. Mm, yes, because Draco likes him in this. Yeah. He's a good guy who doesn't take life too seriously. Of course, I can't vouch for his sanity, but we all have our faults. <laughs> it's fairly nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, Gilderoy says, Fred is an outstandingly creative, albeit unconventional student and has my full confidence. (laughs) (laughs) And unfortunately, teenage girls are still teenage girls, and they really dislike Hermione for being called stunningly pretty. Mm, Of course. Yeah. So... And uh, Fred wants to know what the first task might be, and he says, oh, that's right. And he goes over to Cedric and gets Cedric um, and takes him. And Cedric's like, nice article. I noticed they were very interested in your love life and the other contestants, and I kind of seemed like an afterthought. And yeah, at least we got... Uh-oh. Ah, dang you. All right, you need to go. Get down. Hey, Scott. Hello. It just flared out, flashed up. Your internet has been disabled, and just everything went dead. Hmm. We're gonna have to call the internet people and have them come fix this. I thought the cat had rolled on something, but he couldn't have touched anything. But still, no cat, and it's still trying to send the stuff I tried to send to you. So I'm half amazed. I'm actually talking to you. Yeah. There she is. Hello. Maybe. Hello. Yay. Yay. This is gonna be a fun night. Yep. Did it cut me off in mid-sentence? Or? Uh, probably. Let's see. I have to remember what I was saying. Oh, well, um, they noticed, Cedric noticed that uh, Fred gets better billing than him because mm-hmm. he's from the Harry Potter school. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And so Harry... Uh, Harry figures they've at least hired fact-checkers because of that one time he sued them for libel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Because they did articles on his secret life as a drag queen. <laughs> Yeah, and then Fred and George are upset that Cedric is over there, and and that Harry is going to tell all of them about the first task. Mm-hmm. They think he should have more Gryffindor pride, and he says, "Sorry, my scar doesn't have Gryffindor pride." <laughs> yeah. Cedric says, "So what is it?" And Harry says, "Dragons." I must be going deaf. Me too, because I thought you for sure said dragons. Said the twins, and. Yeah. Oh, no, we're not fighting a dragon. We just have to get past a nesting mother and steal one of her eggs. Yeah, Hmm. which is worse than actually fighting it, but, you know. (laughs) I love Cedric. Closes his eyes, and he takes a deep breath, and he just says, shit. (laughs) Yep. And Luna has gotten a reply from the headmistress at Salem, Mm -hmm. and uh, she just sort of smiles mysteriously at him. And we discover later that the headmistress has appointed her as the proxy judge. Yes. So Luna gets to be the judge. Yes. Cause we figure the headmistress probably doesn't actually know that Luna's a student and not a adult reporter. That's true. Mm-hmm. And then we jump to the first task and, and McGonagall comes run, or McGonagall escorts him personally down there. Now don't panic. Keep a cool head. We've got a wizard standing by to control the situation. And he's like, why, Professor, anyone would think that trying to steal an egg from a nesting mother dragon was dangerous and kind of irresponsible to ask of a 14-year-old. And she's like, you know? (laughs) Of course I know. My scar told me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. He says he has to... uh, he has to do well, otherwise Draco and the Hufflepuffs would never let him live it down. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so they go in, and and he, he looks at Cedric, and he says, Graveyard! And Cedric's like, run like hell! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's being conditioned. He is. Which is yes. going to backfire at the end of this, which is really funny. Yeah, it backfires a little bit. Yeah. So Ludo yeah. says that only... Champions are allowed in the tent. 
And so one of the twins has to leave, but they have... George has changed his middle name to Fred so that he is legitimately also Fred Weasley and can compete as well. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't know if there are rules against that. Hmm." (laughs) And then he tells them that they're going to pull the models, model dragons out of the bag and they all just look, you know, none of them react. And he's like, oh, come on, you can at least pretend to be surprised. And so Harry's like, oh, gosh, this has to be the most unexpected event I've ever encountered. Dragons? I don't think I've even seen a dragon. (laughs) (laughs) A little over the top, Harry. Yeah. Just a little. (laughs) So, and everybody gets a different dragon except for Harry. Harry gets his same dragon. The horn tail again, the yeah. Because yep. there's an extra one. Mm-hmm. And Fred gets the Welsh green. Cedric gets the Chinese fireball. And Fleur gets the Swedish short snout. And then Victor gets the Peruvian viper tooth, which wasn't there in the last no. version. And Harry still gets the hardest dragon of them all, the Hungarian horn tail. And he's smart this time. He has Neville bring his broom to the stand so it gets there really fast. And he doesn't have to stand around and look like an idiot and dodge around. Uh-huh. So, And he steals the conjunctivitis curse from Crumb, who goes after him, so that the dragon's yeah. slightly blinded. But he gets her to leave the nest before he does it so she doesn't smash any of the eggs. Yes, Uh which is what happened to Victor last time and happens to him this time as well. Mm -hmm. Except that he gets more points off because people think he's copying Harry somehow. Yeah, which he can't do because he's in the champion chat and he has no idea what Harry's done. Right. Yes. And George and Fred put a uh, canary cream onto a transfigured sheep so that the dragon eats it and turns into a canary. (laughs) (laughs) And Harry wants to know why it's trans... Uh, why it's modified, and he's like, "Well, because they don't usually work on dragons. We only had a couple of seconds." So, so they had one twin sneak up and grab the egg, while the other one was distracting the dragon and turning it into a canary. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I do think that that's like a kind of a hilarious and and clever way to defeat a dragon is just turning into a canary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I want to know: is it a little canary, canary or a great big huge canary? <laughs> Well, Neville turned into a person-sized canary, so... Yeah, so it must have been a dragon-sized canary. It's true. <laughs> I was picturing it as being Sheep. a tiny one, but mm-hmm. it's possible. I don't know. It's reminding me of uh, Critical Role. They keep uh, polymorphing things that are flying after them so that they fall out of the sky. <laughs> I haven't seen it today. I was Just as I was coming over and getting ready for dinner, I was like, oh, It's Monday! I could have been watching Critical Role all day. <laughs> but I've got a new podcast that I'm listening to that's really good. It's called God's Fall, and it's another D&D one. I heard about it yesterday, and in the last day, I have gotten through 12 podcasts. Hmm, cool. So, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. So in the next chapter, as we continue on with the Pinto Wizard playoffs, Harry yes. uh, is tracking down Luna. And now we officially have the conversation that Luna has figured out that Harry's from the future mm-hmm. because he blatantly, you know, just kind of shows off. He has future knowledge of pretty much everything. Yeah. And she's smart enough to figure it out. Nobody else will. And right. And he's surprised. You don't care. Not really. And so, 
She's <laughs> curious about it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She and... had figured it out at some previous chapter. She'd mentioned it to him, and he just sort of didn't do anything about it. But Well, and it was one of the, I think, it, for, if memory serves, it was one of those situations where she mentioned it on the down low, mm-hmm. but there were other people around, so he couldn't really talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So this time um, they're having a full conversation about it, and... She's also deduced that Sirius came back as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he got out of Azkaban suddenly and he seemed a good deal more recovered than she thought he should. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so, and they're discussing the fact that, you know, the, the future wasn't this like horrible thing to go back from, but, you know, Voldemort killed a lot of people that care- Harry really cared about. And Harry's doing the saving. This whole thing is Harry doing a saving people thing because he feels guilty for the people that died because on on his terms, because of him. Right. Including Cedric. Mm. Yeah. Who he Hence is. the whole graveyard thing. Yep. Run like hell. <laughs> Except he's also having a lot of fun with it while he's doing it because it's it's not quite as urgent for him as it is for the Harrys in some fics where they've, mm-hmm. you know, Voldemort won and the world is a terrible place and everything's going to collapse in on itself. Whereas with this one, if he doesn't manage to change anything, it's still okay. But if he can change things, then great. <laughs> right. As long as yeah. he doesn't change them for the worst. Yeah. And as long as he doesn't lose Jenny. And Luna does the math and says, if you came back when you were 23 and we're really only 13 and 14, you really need to put off dating until you're a little bit older. Yeah. No matter what Rita Skeeter says. And he says, I've been trying. Mm-hmm. He's not really attracted to anybody mm-hmm. because he still looks at them and they look like kids. And it's not his sort of thing. So, Which is good. Harry is not a perv. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he find, he asks how she became the judge. And then after she explains that, you know, they said that she could be, he wants to know how come she docked in points because she docked in points for showing off. And she says, well, I'm going to dock you points every time you show off. Yep. It's just the way it's going to work. He's tr- she's trying to be a, an actual impartial judge, which means she's one of maybe two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and because, you know, it's not even that he is showing up. It's just the fact that he's not showing his true abilities. He's yeah, just kind of... He's not working at it. He's just... He's not, coasting. no. Yeah. But, I, I mean, to be fair, Harry, he's been coasting for the last four years. Because if he didn't coast, then, you know... Yeah. He'd be getting a lot more attention. Right. he'd know a lot more than, you know, he should. Yeah, this is true. And then he wants to know how George got to be in with Fred. And there was a vote. And he says, well, Madame Maxime and Karkaroff wouldn't have voted for it. And she said, yeah, and neither did Dumbledore. But everybody, but everybody else did. So they were able to do it. And she keeps threatening him with the school uniform. She's, she's basically telling him he's got to wear a dress if she doesn't behave himself around her. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and sees Sirius, and... Sirius is feeling a little neglected. Yeah. He says, it's Professor Black to you, Mr. Potter. Mm-hmm. He says, I've been busy. He figures he's Harry's only family in the world because the Dursleys don't count. Mm-hmm. They lost all their rights when they made him sleep in a cupboard. Well, and to be fair, on Harry's end, like, Sirius wasn't really around enough for him to 
count him in his head as family mm-hmm. as much as he wants to. It's just, you know, it takes he was there for, yeah, he was there for a few weeks. Well, I mean, there's a, a few hours at the end of third year. Mm-hmm. And then there is the summer before sixth year and a couple weeks, you know, within sixth year and then nothing else or sorry, fifth year and then nothing else. Yeah. And it's uh, that no matter how, you know, nice Harry serious is that's not enough time to count somebody as family yeah there's correspondence too but still yeah still. Doesn't feel it. yeah and harry's like you're overreacting it's been a week it's just this is you you could have died four times in that time <laughs> yeah speaking of what did you think of the first t- task and seriously like besides your cheating i didn't cheat i checked there's no rules about being sent back in time and there's also Summoning's no rules about summoning. And he's like, yeah, but you stole Crumb's thing. You copied him. And he's like, no, I went first. <laughs> he's still like, yeah, yeah but, but you knew what he was going it. to do. Oh, yeah, That's right. And now Harry tells Sirius that Luna knows about the two of them. Mm-hmm. And Sirius is just like, and this is the first time hearing about it? Really? And he says, well, I just found out too. Yeah, because um, she mentioned it on the train ride that year, and mm-hmm. yeah. then it never came up again until now. Yeah. Apparently, she doesn't believe in my psychic scar, although she believes in everything else. Well, Sirius says, well, everyone else believes in it, so obviously she wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And you're, apparently your jailbreak was a bit bizarre. <laughs> Sirius like, wait, 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 wait. Luna Lovegar <laughs> called me bizarre? For real? <laughs> Not in so many words, but yeah, pretty much. And they have a bit of a conversation about what he should do about the ball, because he'd kind of like to go with Ginny, but he isn't really interested in dating her at this point. And Sirius points out that if he goes with her, she probably will be interested in dating him, and then he'd have to let her down and possi- or possibly break up with her if she thinks they're dating, and then it would be Barbie. awkward to get together again. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so now he's got to come up with... With a plan, which I believe so he, we Luna should go. Yeah. He decides he'll ask Luna instead because she at least knows he's 27 and isn't interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So and it's just his friends because Harry never saw Luna like that, in, you know, in the first place, and neither will Luna. No. Mm-hmm. So as we move on to the next chapter, he talks to Luna about it and says, you know, will you come with me as friends? And she says, why not? And yeah, because yeah, the other person he could ask that way is Hermione, but he doesn't really want to get a, in the way of her and Ron. And mm-hmm. he's kind of hoping that Ron will actually get a clue this time. And uh, yeah, and he actually asks her permission to ask her to the dance. And she thinks that's pretty funny. Yeah. And he's, he's planning on asking her in front of people so as to kind of set things going. Right. So she says she'll allow him. And then he goes to plan B with Ron and Neville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you a ball. You guys need dates. <laughs> <laughs> the what? We're having a dance, says Ron. Yes, the Ron. That's why your mother bought you dress robes. Those moldy old things. <laughs> and he managed to get Harry's second ones instead. Yeah. That was an interesting noise. Somebody's being paged. My phone is doing something. I don't know what it's trying to tell me about. But Oh, well. <laughs> and so they uh, 
And Ron says, well, I guess I'll have to go. It'd be really lame to um, just sit in the common room with the little kids. And Neville's like, you know, it's only people a year younger than us that aren't going, right? Yeah, Jenny's age, little yeah, kids. Little kids, in other words. <laughs> she hears you say that and she's going to hex you. Ron says, ah, I'll use you as a human shield. <laughs> so Harry talks Neville into taking Ginny and he tells Ron that Ron needs to take Hermione. Mm-hmm. And Ron's like, why? And Neville says, because you have a crush on her. I do not. not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. You just haven't realized it yet. Mm-hmm. You think I have a crush on her body and I haven't noticed? How thick do you think I am? When it comes to matters of the heart, I have no faith in you, Harry told him bluntly. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and, and he says, if my scar tells me if you don't ask Hermione right away, Victor Crumb will. And you'll be forced to go with Lavender. And you'll both be miserable. Yeah. And and like, all right. So you want me to ask Hermione to the dance. Otherwise, our international Quidditch sensation and teenage heartthrob Victor Crumb's going to do it? And Harry says, yep. He's been haunting the library. Well, that's what Neville says. He's been haunting the library and staring at Hermione for the past few weeks. Yeah. So Ron's so Ron Ron agrees to think about it at least. And Ron's Neville, the one who uh, recommends that Neville ask Ginny. Yeah, Neville mm-hmm. recommends Hannah, and Hannah is currently dating Ernie. Oh, Harry recommends Hannah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so then Ron wants him to ask Ginny because that way it's she's going with somebody that he trusts mostly. Right. Yeah. Which is really not a great way to pick out your dates, but with these particular people it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also not, you know, if my brother ever did that to me, I'd probably kill him. (laughs) Sure, you can date my baby sister. I trust you. Nothing's going to happen with you. Really? Really? That's not going to happen. I think that if Ginny finds out about this, she'll probably kill him too, but... Oh, yeah. So... Yeah. And Ron... Time passes, and Ron still hasn't actually said that he has a thing for Hermione, but he will turn pink and admit she's not so bad. Yes. Which is progress, at least. <laughs> and the, then uh, the day that McGonagall announces Yule Barl to their transvi- transfiguration class, that night at dinner, Harry starts things off by letting a female Crumplehorn Snorkak with a paper hat loose and casting a spell to point it in Luna's direction. And the little pig-like creature snorts loudly and dashes to Luna, who picks it up and plucks its uh, hat off and it says, I would discover a mythical creature for you. Would you please attend the Yule Ball with me? Certainly, Harry. I'm going to name this one Norberta. (laughs) Yeah. And then Neville comes over and uh, hands Ginny. Uh Uh-oh. Did we lose you both again? Neville uh, uses Hedwig. Oh, no. Sorry. I'm skipping a paragraph. Uh, Neville just goes over to Jimmy and gives her a large box of chocolate. Mm-hmm. And I love Neville's uh, response to this. Even if you say no, you can still keep the candy. But please say that you'll go to the wall with me. Yeah. And she says, like, of course. Oh, Neville. Neville, you're so adorable. He is pretty yeah. adorable. That would be the best way, I think. Yeah. No pressure, but do you want to go to the dance with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Ron has borrowed Hedwig to bring Hermione roses, 
And it says, it's recently come to my attention that you are, in fact, a girl. And a pretty great one, too. <laughs> well, you go to the ball with me. <laughs> uh, not she, the best worded way to, to do uh, that, but, you know. Hey, at least he asked before Victor. And finally, Harry has to kick her because she's so stunned. She doesn't know what to do. <laughs> and finally, she says, yes. Yeah. And, and now everyone's annoyed at them, the three mm-hmm. of them, because now everybody has to put thought into this. <laughs> yeah. Especially Draco. The bar. Well, the boys are annoyed. The girls are probably very pleased with Harry because. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yes. And it turns out Draco probably tops them all because that's just the way that he has to do it. Um, yeah. I'm not oh, sure yeah. if it says but... right away in the next chapter, but eventually it'll come up what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it, it it's, you know, better than want to go ball with me. Yeah. This is true. Mm-hmm. And so the day of the ball comes and there's hardly a girl in sight afternoon because they all have to get ready. If Ron doesn't understand what they could possibly be doing. But mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because the fancy clothes are so much more difficult to put on and arrange and all of that sort of stuff. Yes. Is it? I always thought it was the makeup. Could be. And the yeah. hair. And the hair. And the- I assumed it was some combination of the three. Mm-hmm. And the bathing and, and primping mm-hmm. and... All of that stuff. Oftentimes oh. waxing. We have to generally bathe and dress, too. It's just we don't have the uh, makeup and waxing and things. And the hair so much. And the nails. Yes. Men Depending on the guy, some nails, do. But they but. don't. So Luna's dress looks like it's on fire. Luna's dress is something out of Hunger the Games. Hunger Games. Yeah. Yep. This so. girl is on fire. Mm-hmm. So Harry has to ask her, um, is your dress supposed to be like that? Just wanted to make sure it was and I didn't have to, you know, put it out or something. <laughs> yeah. I think even I would notice if my dress was on fire and it wasn't supposed to be Harry. You, you never, never know. know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It's true with with Luna. It's always, you know. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. in her own little world sometimes. McGonagall calls the champions over, and Flora is with Roger Davies again. Um, Cedric is with Cho. Cedric's with Cho, and Crumb has I can't gone see with Parvati. Yes, there it is. Strange apparently, twist of fate, he says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So apparently, um, Cho, after Hogwarts, wasn't really, like, had to go through, like, several years of therapy because she was just so devastated mm-hmm. by Cedric's death. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's hoping that she won't have to do that again. Yeah. He, he's hoping he can save Cedric. <laughs> <laughs> I love this little banter between Harry and Draco. Potter, your date's on fire, Draco says imperiously. And your date isn't, says Harry. Hello, Pansy. <laughs> yes. And he, apparently what he did was uh, rent half a dozen flying horses to bring his um, request to go to the ball. Of course yeah. he did. Though so Harry earns a nod from Pansy, which is, you know, pretty good from Pansy. <laughs> yeah, she won't speak to him, but at least she gave him an imperial nod. Mm-hmm. 
So McGonagall gets them to line up, and they head into the hall, mm. and all the judges are there, and so is Percy, yep. even though Crouch is still there. But um, he's filling in for Luna this time because she's there as Harry's date and can't right. be up as the judge. Yeah. And Fred and George asked Percy about how angry Molly is about the playoff thing. And, you know, Percy is like, oh, you might not want to go home for Easter. <laughs> yeah. Just because. Yeah. Things are a little She's tense. She's kind of bad. <gasps> Just mm-hmm. a little bit. Just a tiny bit. <laughs> and then Luna asks him about Mr. Crouch, so they have a lovely conversation because he <laughs> likes to talk about Mr. Crouch in the ministry. Um, he does. Yeah. And Fleur's going on and on about the decorations. And Peeves. Peeves. Yeah. Peeves. Yeah. Poltergeist build characters as Harry. <laughs> He's apparently morphed into Calvin's dad. Uh, <laughs> they are a menace. Menace, I say. She says she wouldn't come to a school with a poltergeist if you paid her. And he says, you know, since you're French, would you even be willing to come to Hogwarts? It's kind of an English-aligned school. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. And the tacky, tacky decorations don't help, she says. But what can you expect yeah. from the English? And and he says, well, this year hasn't been that different than the previous ones. And she's like, what could you possibly have done that do- compares to facing down a dragon? He says, well, two years ago, I slew a basilisk. Longheart's like, oh, and what an exciting tale that is. You can read all about it in my book. (laughs) Yeah. So how are Victor's fame lessons going? Because Lockhart is giving Victor some fame lessons, Mm -hmm. apparently. Yes, Lockhart is very proud. He managed to make it to class on time for the first time since arriving at Hogwarts. Yeah, it's because he started handing out signed photos Mm -hmm. or carrying around pre-signed things rather than having to pause and sign stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And Fleur's going, hmm, does, does that actually work? <laughs> yes, hmm. actually. <laughs> she might have to invest in some photos. Uh, we need, we well, need John compar- to do that. Apparently, oh. apparently she has quite a number of stalkers. Mm. Yes. yes, I imagine so. And then... And, <laughs> uh, Dumbledore sets things up for the band, and it's the Weird Sisters, and Harry's like, Ah, yes, I remember back when they were still popular. (laughs) (laughs) Harry, you're old. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Apparently the the hot band now is, yeah, the seductive Sears. Uh, Oh, wow. And apparently this is Norberta's favorite song. Uh, The Snorkak likes the, the Weird Sisters. Mm-hmm. Norbert prefers Norbert the Beatles and Beethoven. Likes Beatles, yes. Beethoven, and Cindy Lauper. Lauper. Yeah. Lauper. <laughs> His taste is kind of eclectic, Luna says. <laughs> he shouldn't know any of those people, but all right. <clears throat> he refuses to listen to anything current because it takes time to determine the lasting power of a group. Of course it does. Yeah. And they dance for a while and then... Harry goes. Harry and Luna go over to the table where Ron, Hermione, Neville, and Ginny are sitting. And Harry says, "Greetings, various friends and acquaintances." And Ginny gets all upset. I must be the acquaintance because I'm not part of your exclusive quartet. Harry's like, "It's not that exclusive." Neville got in, which is pretty much of a jab at Neville. But all right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Harry, don't be so assuming that Neville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Neville says, he says acquaintances plural, so since Luna was already with him, he must consider another one of us besides Ginny a friend, or still an acquaintance, must not consider somebody, one of us, 
And Harry's like, oh. It's just a saying. <laughs> Can't you both be friends and acquaintances? Uh, I am acquainted with you and your friend. But no. Hermione says no and says, for just for that, I'm nominating you as my acquaintance. Excuse me while I go cry. She responded dryly. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, Hermione, when did you memorize a dictionary, Ron Tease? I haven't memorized one. Just any of the words I needed to look up at some points. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's most of them. Oh, well. That's yeah. going to be most of them, yeah. So she's basically memorized a dictionary, which is a very Hermione thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ginny says that she had to teach Hermione how to dance, and so her feet got stepped on a lot. Yeah. Neville's actually doing much better. Yes. And Ron should have probably taken a few dancing lessons, too, but oh well. She's just as glad he didn't ask her because then her feet would never recover. Uh. Oh. Mm-hmm. And Percy is filling in as a judge uh, to the old ball because Luna is here as a student with Harry instead of... As a judge. Yeah. A judge. Mm-hmm. And Luna says, we had a very nice conversation. And Ron is like, with Percy, that's a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I learned all about cauldron bottoms. <laughs> no. Well, that's what he thinks she was. they were, must have been talking about. And says, no, actually, he's recently been promoted. If you had to find that out from me, you should probably talk more. Uh, yeah. And she talked to him about the Rodfang conspiracy. <laughs> which Hermi- Hermione knows what it is because Luna told her when she found out that her parents were dentists. Right. And then on their way, as the ball is ending, Cedric kind of pulls Harry aside and says, have you figured out the egg yet? And Harry plays dumb. Yeah. So Cedric tells him to take it for the bath. Yeah. So. Because he wants to uh, make up for learning about the dragons. Because Hufflepuffs are fair. They are fair. Yeah. You're a good guy, Cedric. Graveyards. Run like hell. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Cedric. (laughs) He's going to need therapy after all this. He is. The the really bad thing is when he finally dies, he's not going to be able to stay in the graveyard. He's going to have to come back as as a ghost just so he can get away from the graveyard because, you know. Could be. Run like hell. Okay, okay. (laughs) so in chapter 45 Colin has come in because he won't be in the graveyard Mm -hmm. that's true could be depends on they'll just have to arrange not to bury him in a graveyard there you go that's true they can scatter his ashes elsewhere on the quidditch pitch on the quidditch pitch that would be very like weird (gasps) fertilizer well, if you think about, you know, if, if that's a, like, would be a thing, like, think about the number of students that would want their ashes scattered on the Quidditch pitch. Yeah. That's why it's the greenest uh, lawn in Hogwarts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's wrong. I had a friend who was cremated and, and she wanted to be scattered all kinds of places. So they, they took her ashes and they got a whole bunch of old 35 um, millimeter film canisters and anybody mm-hmm. that went to visit got a canister of her ashes, and then they just took it wherever they went and dropped her ashes in different places. That's cool. Huh. So she's actually somewhere on Worldwide. the farm here. And I took her to Lake Mead when I went houseboating on Lake Mead, but she was afraid of the water, so I had to take her way up in the hills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so they, they've taken little bits of her all kinds of places. It's really awesome that, that, that her wishes were honored like that. Mm-hmm. 
But still, I mean, it, just the idea of, you know, the number of Quidditch players that have passed through Hogwarts that probably would want to um, be scattered on the Quidditch pitch. Yeah. It's disturbing. Yeah. I'm. Uh, she died on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh. She she uh, she got to pick the day. She had all her family around while they were watching the game, and nice. Yeah, it was kind of nice. Good. So they start off forty-five with uh, Colin coming in and says, "I need Lee Jordan and one of Harry's friends <laughs> to go see <laughs> Professor McGonagall." She doesn't know which one, and so they have this whole debate. And who wants gonna to go. be my treasure? <laughs> Nobody wants to go. <laughs> so finally, Ginny says she'll do it. Aww. Yeah. yeah. And so, and she says that she has faith in his saving people abilities. Yes. Neville thinks something's likely to go wrong because Harry's involved. Ron just wants to, would rather watch the task than be in it. Mm-hmm. And so he gives Ginny a good luck rock. He says it's his good luck rock. So she has something of his when mm-hmm. whatever happens, happens. Right. Yeah. And regardless of where you get, they take you, I'll be trying to get to you anyway because I need to get my rock back. So, yeah, you know, there you go. it'll be yeah. fine. Just make sure you keep it with you. I, I love Lee. If you turn me into a canary during the course of rescuing me, then we will no longer be speaking. <laughs> it wouldn't be so unoriginal, such as George. <laughs> Good. And then Bagman, so here's the, the task. And Bagman's like, Are you ready, Harry? And Harry's like, Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Don't worry. And so it's, you know, on the count of three. One, two, three. Fred's found some gillyweed. Mm-hmm. And Fleur and Cedric do the bubblehead charms. And Victor does his shark half transfiguration and head off into the water. And yep. George is standing there waiting along with Harry. And he's going, Aren't you going in? Nope. No, nah, I don't want to get wet. I've got it covered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, George is getting kind of miffed at him because it is his little sister. Right. And Harry points out, if she heard you implying that she needed saving, she'd probably hex you. Mm-hmm. Yes. True, what? but seeing as she is currently at the bottom of the lake and probably unconscious, I think I'm safe. <laughs> George is like, what did you do? Harry's like, I would tell you, but then you'd have to kill me? Well, that's a little da- drastic, but I would be very put out if I have to tell you and then explain it to the judges. Yes, because what's happened is Ginny's just appeared on the ground a few feet away. In front of mm-hmm. Harry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he hands her a towel and says, that wasn't so bad. And she's like, how long did it take you to get to me? And why aren't you wet? And he's if like, you have a drying charm or something, you could at least use one for me. But no, you just no. didn't go in. Yeah. Yeah. I totally used a cop out. It only took 10 minutes. If you want to know what happened, you can go with me while I explain it to the judges. So she follows him over. Well done, Harry. You got your hostage back in a little over 10 minutes, is Bagman. Yeah, but how did you do that if you didn't even go in the water or take your wand out? He says, well, Colin said that they needed one of my friends, and we figured it must be for today. And Ginny agreed to go in their place, and Mm -hmm. so I gave her a port key. Yeah. And, well... They have a little bit of a talk about how none of his other friends wanted to go, mm -hmm. and so on. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I gave... gave her a port key. Well, I gave her my good luck rock, and it just happened to be that it was a port key. Who knew? (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Like, surely this is cheating. Surely this is against the rules. And Crouch is like, there's nothing in the rules that says you can't use a port key. 
Yeah, Crouch is like, trust me, I would know. <laughs> and then yeah. we have George go, Akio, Fred Weasley. And yeah. Madame Mox seems like... Because you can't summon the hostage, but it doesn't say anything about summoning another champion. Right. <laughs> So they waited long enough for Fred to get there and grab on mm-hmm. to Lee and then summoned him. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, uh, an hour later, all the champions have returned with their hostages. Harry's was the fastest. Fred's was the next fastest. Then Cedric. Poor Fred had to go back into the water until the gillyweed wore off. Yep. Yeah. And Fleur made it he back. It was probably warm, though. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes after Cedric did... And Victor, 15 minutes later, with Pavati. So, and then they get their scores. And basically, Harry gets 121. Fred gets 121. Cedric gets 113. Fleur gets 111. And Victor gets 95 because he was outside the allotted hour because he well, didn't. The rest of them were, too. Like the, mm-hmm. Only Harry and Fred were inside the time. Cedric was right on time. And the rest of them were late. Were late. And. and- Victor didn't think to bring a knife or find a sharp rock and such, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a Harry down there to hand him something. Right. So he was having a hard right. time. Yeah, that's why it took him so long. Um, so, and Harry actually asks him about uh, Pravati, and his excla- explanation is that he isn't really that close with the Dernstein delegation, and he doesn't really have anyone else. Right. Yeah. None of his friends or family from Bulgaria really wanted to come. So, so he just he went with Parvati because she was his date the one time. <laughs> Hermione's giving him a bad time because he didn't take it seriously. And he said, I took it very seriously, says Harry. And what's more, I finished the task in 10 minutes. And Neville said, uh, but if the port key hadn't worked, did you have a backup plan? Backup plan? And he said, no, but I practiced making port keys. Uh, no wonder you none of us wanted to do this. Yeah. At least Ginny still likes me, he says. Yeah, I was bribed with chocolate. <laughs> I've never tried muggle candy before. Uh, You're missing out. <laughs> it's which, not exciting. Which makes Neville look at her sort of cross-eyed. And she's like, what? When your parents are dentists, you eat all the candy you can get because they won't let you have it. So you sneak it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And Luna gave him her lowest score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he wasn't trying hard enough. It was lack of effort. He wasn't trying hard at all. He wasn't. Well. He wound up with a seven because he got extra points for finishing within the time limit. But if he hadn't, it would have been a five. Yeah. Right. And Harry says, I'm starting to suspect I would have been better off asking Snape to be my representative. And she says, possibly. But ten to one, he would have made you wear the uniform. (laughs) She talked to him about whether he would have to compete in the Salem Witches uniform. But Mm -hmm. so far, he hasn't. (laughs) Well, and to be fair to Harry, it's not that he's not putting effort to the Triwizard Tournament. The third task is kind of like a big deal. It was kind of like yeah. a, this huge life-changing event for him. He's, just, yeah, he's I, spending all his preparation on that. He doesn't really care about yeah. the others. The, the tournament itself isn't important to him. Right. Right. He doesn't care about winning the tournament. He cares about saving Cedric. Right. Yeah. So then we go to the next chapter, and Sirius is <sighs> bummed out that he has to find out about Harry's love life through Reader Skeeter. Did you hear that? I, I, I pulled a, I pulled a Ryan there. I noticed that. Yeah. 
did not hear that. Reader Skeeter. <clears throat> Reader Skeeter. Whoops. Oh, uh, well. And, and Terry says, I don't think it's even a love square because none of them have feelings for each other. So it's sort of a bisected triangle or something. <laughs> And they're not even fighting over me anyway. It's just Rita Skeeter making stuff up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Hermione, unless it's a pairing thing, nobody ever shows Hermione having feelings for Harry in any way, shape, or form. Well, she has feelings of like a brother, but that's about it. Yeah. But I mean, not like, you know, the romantic feelings of, Mm -hmm. of love. Of love. So Rita's like, okay, there's three girls and they all have advantages and disadvantages. Granger is Potter's best and closest friend, and she spends a lot of time with him, but a bad breakup could spell the end of that powerful friendship. Weasley is a fiery redhead like Potter's mother, but she's a year younger, and Potter's best friend might not take kindly to Potter dating his sister. And finally, Luna is a very open-minded and free-spirited individual who can support many of Potter's unconventional views, but is in, in a different house and a year below him as well, and a judge of the playoffs. So this is one thing I don't understand. How? Uh, why would Rita Skeeter think that a year difference would matter? I have being an no adult? idea. Because my, my thing is, you know, when you get older, well, age almost never matters. And I mean, they're 13 and 14, aren't they? Something yeah. like that? So. At that point, mm-hmm. yeah, it shouldn't matter. Doesn't yeah, a year a year, a year doesn't matter when you're that age, you know. And then that it just expands, like you know, five years doesn't matter once you're you know in your thirties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It might just, matter if you were if they were thirteen and twelve, maybe. But yes, not by twelve by fourteen and thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once you're a teenager, it just it's fine. Yeah, Sirius wants to know and how apparently. Go yeah, good. How true the article is, and Eric's like, it doesn't even rate. Mm-hmm. Hermione never liked me. Luna knows about my crippling fear of accidentally being a pedophile. And Ginny, well, hopefully she'll come around, but right now, I can't risk it. Yeah. And Sirius points out that, you know, just because you ended up with her last time doesn't necessarily mean you will this time. But Harry really Harry's wants determined. To. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harry doesn't really want to think about that. No. Yeah. And now they're all going out to find out what's happening for the third task. And mm-hmm. Fred and George are grumbling about having to go down to the Quidditch pitch. And then they discover that it's been ruined. <gasps> this giant maze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Harry, Harry says, well, I don't care one way or another, but my scar sides with Cedric. And Fred says, your scar's always on Cedric's side. Is it possible it's in love with him? Asks George. Dear God, I hope not, says Harry. That would be pretty awkward. <laughs> there are enough rumors Sorry. floating around about my love life as it is. <laughs> yeah. And then they scream, no! He's like, what? what? What's wrong? The pitch! Oh, that's right. They're turning into a hedge maid. You knew? I told you my scar was with Cedric. <laughs> Bagman says, can anyone tell me what this is? And Harry's like, if we do, do we get a prize? <laughs> no. No? Then I'm sure I don't know. Oh. Victor finally says, maze. Yeah. That's right. It's a maze. (laughs) Very straightforward. The Triwizard Cup is going to be in the middle of the maze, and whoever touches it gets the win. And it's going to be filled with all sorts of creatures and spells to be broken and fun things like that. And entry time is 
found by whatever the current point totals are. Mm-hmm. And then we go to uh, Harry overhearing Lockhart saying, I'm sure I don't know what you mean. And Moody laughs, I'm sure you don't. And Moody's so. kind of put things together and is pretty sure that Lockhart's been going around obliviating people. Mm-hmm. But fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your point of view at this point, um, he doesn't have enough proof to actually to do, anything do anything about it. But he's on to him, which means that eventually he'll get his man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Lockhart's like, for the love of God, aren't you supposed to be retired? Oh, well. Then- yeah, but I don't have enough to do. So. <laughs> I'm bored. <laughs> And then we find out that Mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of applications to the Harry Potter school. Yeah. You created a Harry Potter school of awesomeness, which combines two things people love, Harry Potter and awesomeness. And you're surprised that they're playing. (laughs) Well, the students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to... Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do. I asked Dumbledore if I could be sorted. He said, sorry, won't be, but I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure. You're not a wizard, you're a tree. So I'm starting a new house and it's called awesome. I'm starting a new house, it's called awesome. I'm starting a new house and it's called awesome. How are you as far as the third task? And he's like, well, it's a maze. I know a way to get to the cup, but that's about it. Yeah, there's going to be magical creatures in there, probably a boggart, maybe an acromantula. There might be some scroots or a sphinx or so mm-hmm. on. And Lockhart just wants to be sure that he has a plan because it wouldn't do to fail miserably during the task and need rescuing. Yeah. No, but he but can die. Dies, then at least he waited till the third task. Right. Because, yes. you know. Timing is very important when you die. Which is... Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, for Harry, timing was very important for when he dies. That's true. This is true. And he actually does take advantage of that in, I believe, this next chapter, or possibly the one after. Yeah. So we skip to the morning of June 24th, because they're going to do the third task. And he's pretty nervous. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a lot riding on this. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. He's just—he's determined that Cedric is going to live to see the twenty-fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he wants. And he wonders who's going to be there for him. And the Weasleys are there, but they're there for Fred and George. But Tonks is there, and Remus, and of course Sirius. Yes, and, and Harry's not Remus really the, sure the how the this backup Godfather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, because his parents um, were not necessarily confident in Sirius's. Baby raising Ability skills. to live. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's true. It. They weren't sure he would make it to 30 or not. <laughs> so, well, I've made it to 34. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll see how it goes. Yes. And Sirius is now in complete denial that he was ever in Azkaban. Because he's rewritten his history that he went off to Mallorca instead. Right. Um, so he abandoned his young godson to the Dursleys. I don't know if that's quite... Better than Azkaban or not? We have a bit of a conversation between um, Remus and Amos because they managed to get the bill passed to help things out with werewolves a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then they have another awkward conversation with Amos because he wants to talk about how much better Cedric is than Harry. Yeah. And uh, Harry... (laughs) 
Harry looks at Cedric and goes, and speaking of, hey, Cedric, graveyards. And Cedric's like, run like hell. And Mr. Tiggery's like, what? Here's <laughs> like, later. Don't worry about it. Yeah. He says that, you know, he had an unfair advantage over Cedric in the last two, that uh, Cedric has morals. <laughs> yeah. And so then we move to the maze and... Harry's been in the maze for about a half an hour, and he's really appreciating Crutch Jr.'s efforts the first time around because he's had to deal with all kinds of things, including a snake who actually was excited to find him and then just wanted to talk to him, and he had to lose the snake <laughs> bothering him. That's almost more challenging than killing the snake. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he runs into a sphinx, and this time she won't let him back away. She, he either yeah. has to get it right or she's going to attack him. Yeah, because he tries to maybe go find another way, but no, mm-hmm. he's got to get past the Sphinx. He's like, um, it's not a spider by any chance, is it? <laughs> what are you talking about? No. no. No, I'm not a spider. I'm a Sphinx. Oh. So she gives him the riddle, and he <laughs> sort of thinks out loud for quite a while. Yeah. They have not flesh, nor feathers, nor scales, nor bone, yet they have fingers and thumbs of their own. What are they? And eventually he works out that it has to be gloves, but he can't remember for sure whether the word for that is glove or mitten. Right. Because he's got the two confused. Mm-hmm. It's a hand covering, yes. but he doesn't know which one. So, and he's like, does it matter? And she's like, of course it matters. So, so eventually he picks the, the right the, one. Um, the nurture rhyme about the kittens that lost their mittens. Mm-hmm. And they began to cry. And she says something about that he can go and that he needs to brush up on his riddles. And he's like, I did. <laughs> That's the sad thing. That's the sad thing. And then he comes yeah. across Voldemort laughing over Cedric's body. And he's like, what? but that doesn't make sense. I don't. Oh, right. Margaret. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get to the cup yet. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. And then it's a four-way tie. It's Fred and George and Cedric. And Harry... All get there at the same time. And Harry's like, no, wait! And then he has to tell them because... Yeah, they, they don't just... see any other reason for him to be the one to touch first unless mm-hmm. he's just trying to cheat his way into winning. Right. And, and it's like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a port key that'll take us to a graveyard and you guys will get killed. So um, if you insist on touching it at the same time, have my invisibility cloak. Yeah. And he makes... Is it George? Stay behind? Yes, yeah. so he can go report if they do all disappear, disappear. that they haven't just. Uh, mm-hmm. And if and if they just go to the outside of the maze, which is apparently what it's supposed to do, then George can come join them and they'll say, yeah, he was there at the same time. Mm-hmm. So. And then Cat has an emotional moment. Yes, because it's Fred. Because it's Fred. And George turns to him and says, don't you dare die on me or I swear to God. Yeah. Yeah. And Fred says, Fox ears, Fox ears, Fox ears, Fox ears. (laughs) And we go to the graveyard. And poor Cedric is having a terrible time because he wants to run like hell. (laughs) He is now conditioned to run like hell whenever he sees a graveyard. And And he's terrible. Not allowed to do it. (laughs) So he, but Harry has told them that he thinks Nagini's, well, he doesn't tell him that Nagini's a horcrux, but he says that. They need to kill Nagini with a dagger. It's involved been, in the, the ritual somehow. Yeah. And it's been yeah. dipped in the, the fang of the basilisk. So don't nick yourself with it or you'll die too. 
Mm-hmm. And stay under the invisibility cloak and get out of the way because something bad's going to happen. And Cedric, please don't die. And but you don't die either. And and Fred's going. You're being really morbid. This mm-hmm. is kind of scaring me because you're normally so glib. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, he doesn't say this. Well, well, I've been through this once before. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've just been noticing. I I noticed that the. Um, disclaimer on this one and i went back a little bit and in in 45 there was a disclaimer about how she was getting preemptive hate mail in case she killed off cedric and then <laughs> in 48 it's like and now the preemptive hate mail about fred has started <laughs> <laughs> do not kill either of them and then harry remembers that he has brother wands with Voldemort, Voldemort. so he switches wands with cedric so that he can actually do something. Mm-hmm. And they say, okay, well, don't you die either, Harry. And he said, I'll try not to. And you'll know if, you know, anything happens. If I appear to die and Voldemort falls over, you'll know it's working kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets waits till his friends are out of the general area and cancels the muffliato and says, oh, God, I didn't know it was going to be a graveyard. Is there another uh, part to the task? Uh, he gets stupefied. Yes. Stupefied. Harry overacts a little bit. He likes to overact. Just a <laughs> oh, look, he's waking up tied to a grave. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And instead of Peter Pettigrew, we have Barty Crouch Jr. Yes, whom Harry didn't recognize because he only saw him very briefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he recognizes the voice, I think. Or at least it's familiar to him. Yeah. And so they get the ritual all set up and everything. Crouch gently lowered Voldemort into the cauldron, a look of utter devotion and slight insanity on his face. Of course, Harry might be biased, but how could anyone looking so thrilled about carrying that possibly be sane? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Bono the father unknowingly given, you will renew your son. And of course, they've switched the bones on him. So that's good. That's not going to quite work. Crouch totally is still to be giving up his hand, unlike Pettigrew. So that's good. Yes. And then, uh, although he does plan a little bit more and actually cauterizes his own wound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he stops the bleeding. Yeah. And then the blood of the enemy forcefully taken. So Harry slightly uh, leans into the dagger so that it's not so that it's entirely not forceful, unwilling. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, couldn't you have cleaned that or something? It's filthy. Do you know the germs? <laughs> Crouch says, don't complain, Potter. You're getting a chance to partake in a ritual to bring back the greatest wizard who ever lived. And Harry's like, did something happen to Dumbledore? <laughs> <laughs> You're about to have bigger problems than an infection, little boy. And then here comes Voldemort out of the cauldron, and he wants to be robed. Yes. He's apparently too triumphant to be bothered to do himself. Mm-hmm. Or possibly he never bothered and always relied on his minions. It was kind of disturbing either way. Yep. <laughs> and, and Harry tells him he looks like a snake. Indeed, such a noble animal. And he asks Crouch what he thinks, and he says, oh, Yes, yes, the resemblance is uncanny. Because uh, apparently that's a good thing. So, yep. And they summon the rest of the Death Eaters. And yep, Harry gets crucioed. And he because he's being sassy. Does not want to cry out, so he's trying very hard not to yell. 
And he. What am I supposed to call, call, uh, call you? You know who? He who must not be named the Dark Lord. I'm not a Death Eater, and I've met you before, so I have no desire to use any of those ap- appellations. Yeah, appellations. What about yeah. my chosen name? No one would actually tell me that it what it was, and Dumbledore always called you Riddle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's being a little tricky. Yeah. Yep. And so, so he, yeah. the Death Eaters start arriving. Mm-hmm. And most of Voldemort's speech is the same, but Harry's picking little holes in it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's the uh, same old evil speech of evil. Yeah, it's like I took vengeance on that fool who gave me his name, and it's like, isn't wasn't it your mother who gave him gave you his name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, oh well. Gets crucioed a couple of more times for being and, Harry for being Harry. And we find out that it was kind of the same. Bertha gets stumbles onto him, it stumbles into Voldemort, and Voldemort is able to break her memory. And so yeah. then he Peter sort of wasn't there to run into her, but she ran into Voldemort's spirit mm-hmm. anyway, apparently. So mm-hmm. and he uses her to get passage back to Britain, and then goes to Barty Crouch's house and and gets. Crouch on his side, and they yeah. Yeah. imperious Mister Crouch Senior. So Crouch Junior has been pretending to be Crouch Senior this entire time, rather than bothering pretending to be Moody, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's why he hasn't cleared up the maze for him because he's not the guy patrolling around it, which mm-hmm. the real Moody is doing. Right, uh, and so they untie mm-hmm. Harry because he's going to duel because Voldemort wants his Death Eaters to know that. He's better than Harry. Yeah. He's not very smart, this Voldemort. Not very smart. You've been taught how to nope. duel, Harry Potter? I've been taught to drop my wand and summon snakes. Our dueling club was kind of substandard. <laughs> <laughs> Do you at least know you're supposed to bow to each other? No, I don't think we ever got around to that one. Nope. Well, you must do that. Yeah. And Harry says, I'll bow to death only after it bows to me. Which it already has in mm-hmm. some ways. Yeah. He is the master of death. This is true. And then we go through the Crucio and Imperio to get him to say he doesn't want to do that. And he says, Mm -hmm. I clearly must on some level or I'd stop provoking you. (laughs) (laughs) And then he dives behind the headstone and pulls out the mirror and says, Sirius, I need you. And he's like, where are you? We're at the graveyard. Okay, I'll be right there. (laughs) (laughs) And on to 49. And we have Nagini going, Master, I'm being attacked. Who would dare? Fred and Cedric. Yep. So two boys mastered there. (laughs) Oh, I'm dead. (laughs) She doesn't say that, but yes. (laughs) And so Harry jumps out and yells, you can't kill me. And Voldemort says, I can try. try. Avada Kedavra. And And there is at the train station again. Couldn't I be more creative? And this makes me all choked up because no one else is dead yet. So Harry James meets and Lily show up. James and Lily. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mom, Dad. I don't know. You could be more creative. Personally, I blame your mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you might want to be aware you're naked right now. Oh, dear. Not anymore. Clothes. Yeah. And Lily's like, well, I may not strictly approve of all the willful mayhem. Or just up and leaving your original timeline. Or the fact that you're trying to end everything now before people start dying. That's admirable, that's and I hope you succeed. Yeah. 
Yeah. Where he says, well, I didn't actually plan to come back. It just sort of happened. And so mm-hmm. most of it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then she tells him to tell Severus she forgives him. Yeah. And James says, tell Sirius I don't blame him for picking Peter to be the secret keeper. You know, mm-hmm. it was a stupid idea, but we were the ones who went along with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Harry's like, if I call him Severus, he's liable to hex me, but I'll try. James is like, I still don't know what you see in that man. Yeah. He, he was, was my best friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she's says that he's still alive, but God knows he's not acting like he's been living for 13 years. He's back on the right side, and now he needs to move past it, and I hope my forgiveness will help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. James says, yeah, I guess I don't want him to die, because then I'd have to see him more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And James says, we'll keep watching over you. After all, we love you, and you are rather entertaining. Yep. We don't have much better to do anyway. So. Yeah. So he heads back. And Crouch is asking Voldemort if he's all right. Mm-hmm. And he's sending, then he sends Crouch over to see if Harry's dead. And he's not going to lie for him. So Harry just pops up and says, you wish. <laughs> Pot! Yeah. And Harry yells, Avada Kedavra, at the same time, Sirius, Sirius does lands from behind the other him. Side. Yep. And yeah. so he's, he's double AK'd. Double whammied. Yep. Mm. Okay, I guess that worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't let me die, and passes out again. Yeah, <laughs> and he wakes up in the hospital. In the wing. hospital wing, because of course, because he's mm-hmm. Harry Potter. Yeah, mm-hmm. <sighs> I'd so hope to avoid this place. He says, "Then maybe you shouldn't have gone and faced down with Voldemort." Says George. What are What are you doing here? <laughs> George is like, "Damned if I know. I didn't even go with you, but they made me come." Yeah. Fred and Cedric are on the other side. Mm-hmm. And they ask him what's the last thing you remember. He's like, passing out. Mm-hmm. After that, I was unconscious. Yeah. And Cedric says, so you are the craziest person I have ever met. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. kept taunting him. Harry's like, I have no regrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, w- mm-hmm. it would have been easier to kill the snake if Cedric hadn't been on the verge of a panic attack, says Fred. <laughs> you try shake off a gear of conditioning that fast. Yeah. Besides, there was a lot of sense in Harry's suggestion to run like hell. There was. Yeah. George says, you know, seeing sense in anything Harry says doesn't speak very highly of your mental state. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're lucky your godfather showed up when he did. He must have brought two dozen horrors. And once the anti-apparition fields went up, they couldn't leave, except for one. One got away. We don't know who it was. <laughs> I'm like, Malfoy. <laughs> <don't think> Malfoy. <laughs> Who's going to wriggle out? So they describe some of the things that happened. And then uh, Fudge comes in. Mm-hmm. And Harry says, well, I'm sure it's pretty. I think it's pretty obvious what happened. Uh, Barty Crouch was insane. Managed to escape Azkaban. So he was doing some obscure, probably illegal ritual to summon Voldemort's spirit back to the world. And um, it depended on this snake that Cedric and Fred managed to kill. And then Crouch brought me there for Voldemort to kill. But un- but fortunately, my godfather and I managed to destroy the golem thing that he mm-hmm. was trying to put the spirit into. And our wonderfully competent Aurors took care of all the other Death Eaters who showed up to see if Crouch's delusions were at all true. Yeah, and Rita wants to know if she can quote him on that. Says, yep, that's my official statement. And then they all leave, and Dumbledore is slightly disappointed for him to 
in him for saying, telling Fudge that it wasn't really Voldemort. And he says, well, he's not going to believe it if he act- if we tried to say that he actually came back, even though we did kill him relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. The fact that he came back once could mean he could come back again, and that's the last thing Fudge, want- Fudge wants to admit. Yep. And Dumbledore says, but he will come back again. And Harry's like, nope, we took care of the Horcruxes already. It's all right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I showed the diary to Sirius, and he knew what it was. And Sirius is like, yeah, my family was always kind of dark, so we took care of all the rest of them. Yep. We got Hufflepuff's cup from Bellatrix's vault. Slytherin's locket was in my house. You had one of the Dark Lords Horcruxes in your house? Well, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought and that Nagini might be one, so I had Cedric and Fred kill him. Her. Yeah. It says and it, but... And Harry realized that he was one as well, so that's why he got hit by the killing curse. Mm-hmm. And Sirius is like, you died? I must be the worst guardian ever. Well, yeah. There's very little you could do to make you worse than my previous guardians, says mm-hmm. Harry. But while I was dead, I met my parents. And my mom had this really weird thing. She wants me to tell somebody named Severus that she forgives him. And since he's still alive, he could start acting like it. Oh, and Dad said that he wanted him to stay alive, too, because otherwise he'd have to deal with him. And Snape blinks. Yeah. And Sirius is like, your mom said I was a horrible in- influence. Still got it. I still got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and Dumbledore wants to know why they didn't let him know about the Horcrux hunt. And Harry says, we figured you'd try to keep me out of it because of how old I am. And it was something that I needed to do. And then if... You had the same information that we had to start with, so, you know, you could have duplicated our effort anyway. Yep. And Fudge, being Fudge, just sort of left the winnings there because he couldn't be bothered with the ceremony. Too many things to do, you know. And Harry gives Fred and George money for the his share for the joke shop. And after a little bit, Cedric says, yeah, I'm going to do that too. So Fred and George get all the winnings. To start their joke shop. And Cedric and Harry are now partners. Silent partners. Yeah. How could we ever repay you? By making us ridiculously wealthy when you make it it big, says Harry. And Mm -hmm. not using us as test subjects, says Cedric. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And not letting your mom kill us too much for this. Yeah, that's it. And then we have have another another article. article. (laughs) Yep. Basically goes over Harry's uh, official statement about things uh, mm-hmm. and explains how Crouch Jr. survived and so on. And there's a quote from Lucius Malfoy, who is uh, shocked and appalled that so many people used his true experience of being under the Imperius curse as an excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable, says Harry. How does your father always manage to land on his feet? Don't know what you mean. (laughs) War is such a terrible thing. Aren't we lucky to have avoided it? Yeah. I know your father was there. The golem called him Lucius. Well, what would a golem know, says Draco? (laughs) Yeah. Apparently one escaped, says Harry. I'm not sure how, since the Aurors put up anti-apparition words pretty quickly. Maybe whoever it was was carrying around a porky, like Mom insists that we always have. Though this is not an admission of anything whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Hmm. Harry's like, why doesn't anybody else talk to me? Blaze is like, I'm not allowed. Don't Don't encourage encourage him. (laughs) (laughs) See? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Every time Blaze tries to talk to him, someone says, don't encourage him. Uh, I don't know. Theater Knot's like, you got my father arrested. And, you know. He Harry gets, says, I didn't. He got himself arrested by showing up dressed as a Death Eater. Yep. Yeah. That's true. And I never liked you to begin with. But we've been through so much together. Theater's Most like, of it your fault and all of it annoying. <laughs> Excuse me, Harry. This Fleur. She and Victor want to congratulate him on the victory, and whatever happened in the graveyard more than earned him the victory. Mm-hmm. Yep. The other two schools are not too terribly happy that all the Hogwarts champions won, but... Oh, well. Oh, well. And says, well, uh, you'd better keep in touch, otherwise I'm coming to visit. Oh, yeah, we'll keep in touch. Keep in touch, no problem. <laughs> Don't come near us. Yep. And then... Like, Professor Lockhart has an announcement to make. Mm-hmm. Why is he even still here, says Harry? Free, <laughs> Free publicity. publicity. And he says, it's been a wonderful experience being back this year. He was hesitant to be a headmaster since he only had one year of teaching experience. But, of course, he's wonderfully well-experienced in so many other ways. Mm-hmm. And young Harry was very persistent. And I'd like to announce that as of right now, the Harry Potter School of Awesomeness will be accepting transfer requests. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to see some of you next year. So I new house and it's called awesome. Oh, wonderful. And then Dumbledore gets up to say that Moody has agreed to stay on another year because, of course, there's no more curse. Now that Voldemort's dead. Then we have six gazillion points. <laughs> yes, 11. Uh, yeah, they, they've added points for Hufflepuff and Gryffindor for winning the Pentawizard playoffs. Mm-hmm. So Gryffindor is in first with 2,177, and Hufflepuff comes up to second with 1,367. Yep. So then on the train ride home, Neville says, okay, just between us, Voldemort actually came back and you killed him, right? And Harry's like, totally. And he's like, what? <laughs> you killed someone? You're only 14. And he's yep. like, no, no, it's all right. Since Voldemort we're talking about, he kind of had it coming, and he was mostly dead already. (laughs) I really, really wish that he had come clean at this point. Yeah. And Princess Bride comes up because, you know, we're only mostly dead. Yep. Yeah. What happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. And Ginny's not trusting him at all because she knows how he spins things. Yes. Yeah. And he tells Hermione that his uh, parcel mouth scar took the AK for him. Mm-hmm. So he's you got hit with an AK? No, but my scar did. Didn't you listen? We, I, you, I, never mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Luna's actually quite happy that he won the playoffs, even though she kept scoring him low. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he was not trying very showing hard off. and showing off too much. I don't know why I saw fit to tell you guys all this stuff. Because of the Horcruxes and everything. And Luna yeah. says, ah, it's experts. Yeah. Somebody yeah. has to do something about that. <laughs> and so then we um, have a scene from Pinky and the Brain, courtesy of Sirius and Harry. Uh, because why not? Mm-hmm. And Remus says, that settles that you two are not allowed to be left alone together. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, he and Tonks are there. To supervise. Well, somebody needs to supervise them. Somebody needs to tell Remus that Sirius is older than him, and so is Harry. Mm-hmm. Or not Harry isn't, but... Yeah. Harry's just closer in age to him than he thinks. Um, yeah. And Harry says, are you guys sure you're not dating 
serious as they better not be, at least for another year or so. Then I expect to see sparks fly. (laughs) (laughs) You can't force us to date. No, but... I can force you to hang out until you're overwhelmed by hormones. (laughs) I feel so used, says Remus. And Cedric is still having troubles. He's hyperventilating every time someone says the word graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks a lot, Harry. Hey, I saved your life, and I'm grateful, but don't use the G word anymore. Yes, I've never been more aware that people spend a ridiculous amount of time talking about the G word. (laughs) And Narcissa congratulates Harry on his recent defeat of the golem. Yes. Thank you, and may I say that you terrify me far more than that golem did, despite the five crucios. <laughs> she says, really? You say the strangest things. Well, the fact that Narcissa knows that there's actually Voldemort, and you know, the fact mm-hmm. that Harry is saying that you scare me more than Voldemort's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's the one who keeps getting the Malfoys out of scrapes. Yeah, she yeah. is. He's wicked smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she got him out of a scrape, too, so... He can't think too poorly of her. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we have a, a meeting with Molly. What's this about you funding the twins' pranks? I can explain. <laughs> <laughs> well, assuming he assuming he survives this confrontation with Molly, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. We'll guess that all is well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, we and have... I forgot to mention my favorite disclaimer which i think must have been on the first chapter because i haven't been finding it uh let's see Mm. ah yes chapter 41 i finally found my claim to fame making lockhart resemble something likable (laughs) yay he was kind of good in this yeah and so was trick yeah he was was useful Mm -hmm. and this was fun and funny yeah in a oh, nice way. Not to... as funny as Naked Quidditch, but like up there. Yeah. It's a little over the top in places, but it's fun. Well, oh, it's very much over the top in places, but it's still... It's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I do agree it would have been neat if Harry actually came clean on the train ride there, but... Mm-hmm. Or really just like an extra chapter of... Cause yeah. It's, when he's it's actually kind of 24 like, or when he's yeah, physically no, no, 24 no. or something, you know. Yeah. It's the point, the, the big point of, you know, any time travel or fan fiction is eventually telling somebody that you're from the future. And hopefully it's not just Luna because Luna's just going to be like, okay, let, mm-hmm. and like continue on. Like Luna's not going to be that affected by it. However, you know. <laughs> yeah. Some of the other characters, it's just, I mean, you can just imagine like Hermione's, you know, reaction or Ron's or Dumbledore's. Mm-hmm. That there was this whole other world where like a bunch of people died and Harry wanted to fix that. Yeah. I could see him coming up to Dumbledore in his seventh year and being like, Congratulations, you're still around. <laughs> <laughs> you should have died, but. Guess what? FYI. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Or, like, I can imagine Harry letting his guard down after this, and then something slips in, like, six or seventh year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, remember that, remember that time, and, you know, people around him would be like, that never happened. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, Ooh. crap. Oops. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oops. It was something that was going to happen. Yes. It was supposed to happen, and then it didn't. And I would not be surprised 
Although, it could still go either way at this point, but I wouldn't be surprised if he actually doesn't end up with Ginny because he's been very not impressive from her point of view. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a little crazy. Yeah. He's a lot crazy. So I'm sure that's going to be dialed down a lot now that... He doesn't have he anything major to deal with. What's going to happen anymore? Well, he can be yeah. a normal teenager for the first time in his life for, for, for three years, even though he's not yeah. a teenager anymore. Yep. They'll probably have a excuse to take down Umbridge at some point. Although I guess she got arrested, didn't she? Yes. yes. She got investigated at least. I can't remember if she actually went to jail for it. But I don't know, think they ever said. We can she probably hope. won't be showing up at school because um, Fudge doesn't have a reason to distrust him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He's just a kid. Mm-hmm. And look at that. We're done an hour before we usually are. That's not too bad. Nope, though it's, I'm, I need to go to bed. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm starting to get tired again. We will say thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed the story. We did very much. And we will let you know somehow um, on one of the feeds or on the Facebook group what we plan to do when we get around to it. Mm-hmm. So By the time you're listening to this, we may have a list up for things that we want to do in season eight, but we might not. It sort of depends on how long it takes to edit. Just to reiterate, season eight schedule is up on the Potterfic weekly site. So you can see what we're going to be starting and it'll probably start in a couple of weeks. Thanks. I suppose we should say goodbye before this thing dies again and let can I go pass to bed. Out? Yes. I want yeah. to go to bed. Okay. So say goodnight, everybody. Good night, everybody. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.